Greetings, and welcome to Skylanders Portalcasters, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything Skylanders. I am your host, Inklander, and I'm joined today by my co-host, GF Ditto. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the best chaos moments. So Ditto, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Inklander. How about yourself? Doing really good. And last time we talked about the best Flynn moments, and that, that kind of turned into the best Flynn quotes, and we might have a very similar situation happen here as well. But we're going to be kind of doing this now with the main antagonist, whereas beforehand we were kind of doing that with the main protagonist in the last episode. And this is actually the first of two Chaos episodes we're going to be doing, because the next episode's also going to be focused on chaos as well so this is this is going to be a lot of fun we're really going to be diving into what makes chaos chaos and that's going to be great yes absolutely because chaos is an amazing character and by amazing i just mean amazingly fun he is he's fun he's quirky he uh gets a lot of personality i think throughout all the games and we kind of get a really good understanding of why he is the way that he is and i i really like that and as, as we've kind of hinted at in the best and worst npcs episode like he he's actually pretty similar to our protagonist in a lot of ways it's just that flynn also has that kind of ego and kind of like neglect like he feels like he's not getting the attention that he deserves and chaos definitely feels the same way but flynn goes about this by trying to be heroic in the eyes of the skylanders and by trying to team up with the skylanders but chaos tries to do it by conquering all the skylands <laughs> so they have a very similar background but they try to go about solving their i guess internal issues in very different ways and it's funny because he actually succeeds in conquering skylands at one point in time and then he goes and botches the whole thing i know i know if only he had kept the darkness at arm's length there <laughs> right but yeah so it's it's actually pretty fun seeing how he interacts with all those other villains as well which we'll be getting into in the next episode uh and i'm sure we'll probably touch on that a little bit in this one as well since some of those best chaos moments do interact with some of the foils for chaos but here we're really going to be trying to focus in on the nitty-gritty of like what are some of these fun moments with chaos where he really showcases his personality where does it shine through like he he is really just a fun character like he is this guy that just pretty much wants to be loved you know he's been neglected all his life like he's never gotten the respect that he feels like he deserves but you know and instead of doing some i guess good self-care practices he's decided to just go be evil so you know um it, it's kind of interesting and he he does have like a really good backstory and we get to see a lot of that when we're talking about all the foils like chaos's mom and the darkness and all that that's kind of important to know to like understand his character but again we'll be getting into that a lot more in the next episode but here we kind of wanted to just work through i guess some of the best moments with chaos and why they're good and why they're funny uh because typically the moments with chaos a lot like the moments with flynn are quite funny so we're going to be kind of going game by game here to just talk about like why why these moments with chaos are so memorable so I'd like to open with a moment from Spyro's Adventure where Chaos has appeared as this floating head, and he says, Chaos, K-A-O-S, fear my giant floating head. And I just found that to be probably one of the funniest moments in the first game. 
Yeah, like it, it's pretty good. Like I, I mean, th this is really, I think, the only moment we really have from Spyro's Adventure because a lot of the moments in Spyro's Adventure are kind of slapstick in a way, which aren't, I think, really inherently funny. Like it's basically like chaos getting really mad and then like falling off the rim of the portal and then Glumchink's having to help him back up. Like that's pretty much the entirety of Chaos's character, really, in in Spyro's Adventure. Like it's like what they managed to get their hands on this. And then he, you know, he gets all really mad and then he, like, trips and falls. So, like, that, that's kind of, like, what chaos is throughout this whole thing. But I do think that they have a really good opener for this character. Like, this idea of, like, here he is, he's trying to be big and over the top and dramatic. Uh, but, like, even Glumshanks after he's like, fear my giant floating head. I think Glumshanks after that's like, see, I told you, like, the floating head was ridiculous. <laughs> like, uh, Glumshanks tried to, like warn him off but he still is trying to be big and dramatic and i think that really showcases a lot of his personality it's really kind of him trying to do this go big or go home thing chaos does kind of have this like very over the top dramatic kind of presence and while i don't really think the rest of the game necessarily sells that amazingly well i do think that this intro scene where we're first introduced to the character does and it's worth noting that the giant floating head would proceed to stick around throughout the rest of the series. It it does, yeah. Like, it actually gets integrated into Chaos's moveset as well. And also, like, it, it changes, it varies over time. Like, we see that be part of his moveset in Trap Team, but we also see him, like, have a different floating head in, like, Imaginators. It's just, you know, not as, like, menacing looking. It's not, like, a cloaked evil kind of look. Like, it's actually just pretty much his head. But it's, it's true. Like, that is something that did stick around just kind of evolved over time to i guess be a little bit less dramatic actually which is kind of interesting and just like with flynn because spyro's adventure was where it all started and they had the entire world to build and the lore of the skylanders and the portal masters and all of that it wasn't really exactly possible for them to do too much with their characters they couldn't really flesh them out fully in just that one game because of everything else this game had to do yeah that's true and i i find it interesting especially just like because they did have to do a little bit of the world building they i think they were definitely way more focused on the game mechanics as opposed to the story but it is really weird because like the original spiros adventure story was actually helmed by the writers of toy story they they were the ones that actually like kind of came up with the plot and alex ness who went on to write the rest of the plots for the skylanders games uh like he was involved in the writing process but he he wasn't like credited as like head head writer for this one uh it actually went to the writers of toy story and so it's weird that we actually didn't get a lot of character development from these characters it's understandable because i think the game had to really focus in on all the other stuff that's going on and plus they also had a bunch of other characters that were leading us through the levels but but still it definitely was kind of like, it, it makes sense that we didn't get a lot of character development from them, but it, it still would have been nice to see. Although we do get hints of it here, and it does evolve over time over the course of the rest of the games. Yes. But moving on to Skylanders Giants, the opening scene here is really funny. One of the things that I really always like about Skylanders is the fact that it breaks the fourth wall. And I think they do that really well because it's like showcasing, oh, well, look, there's tons of different dimensions. Like, you know, we know the Mushroom Kingdom uh, from later games is, is one of them. We know that the 
Wumpa Islands is also another alternate dimension, uh, but we also know that Earth happens to exist within the Skylanders universe as well, or I guess universes, if you, if you will, through the portal network. And so I really like how there's always these like fourth wall breaks that can happen throughout the franchise where we, we get that recognition of like, oh yeah, we are actually characters here. Like the portal masters are actually important. And this opening scene of Giants, I think, really sells that well that we're part of the story because at the end, and Aspire's adventure chaos gets sent back to Earth, and Giants opens up with him basically breaking free of being a toy, being in toy form, and we don't really quite get an explanation of that. I think it's probably just because he's a portal master and not a Skylander that he's able to kind of break free of that, but I don't really think they ever directly say. But we, we get that moment where he, like, is looking around and he sees the store display. So really breaking the fourth wall here, but he, he sees the store display and he's like, oh, hey, look at that. It's a portal. <laughs> and then he uh, uses the portal on himself and he's like, it's going to be fine. And then he just gets electrocuted <laughs> as he gets sent back to Skylands. And Glumshanks tries to warn him about it. He's like, hey, Portal Master shouldn't use these on himself. But Chaos is like, silence, fool. I know what I'm doing. And it's, it's an absolutely, it's a really funny way to, open up the game honestly it really was it was quite comical to see like the toy store display and chaos stuck as a toy and then i do believe it would be the magic of the portal master that is what allowed him to break free of toy form unfortunately the game really doesn't go in depth a lot on portal masters and dark portal masters and Questions are still out there, like, we're assuming Chaos isn't the first Dark Portal Master, but was he always a Dark Portal Master? If not, when did he turn? Things like that. Right, yeah, and I mean, we know that his mom, I mean, depending on whether you're watching the, the show or, or the games, but we know his mom's like a Dark Portal Master, and, and, and we know that from the story scrolls that, like, Eon happened to have, like, the Portal Master ability, but, like, we never really get quite a good sense of this. Like, is it genetic? Like, did Eon get that from someone? Because the story scroll from Spire's Adventure kind of just makes it seem like some people are born with it, some people are not, there's no explanation for it. So, it, it is kind of weird like it'd be kind of cool if we went more into the lore of that in a future skylanders game where we actually maybe 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 we have a like skylanders game that's somehow set on earth like a prequel yeah like we have some sort of something that details like the ancestry and the history of the portal masters so that'd be kind of cool but yeah here like it like they, they kind of tease it and they kind of hint at it and it's pretty fun like it is very like silly and over the top but they they do give a, a decent amount of background as well and it's it's also like oh no now now also like when you're thinking about it with like the fourth wall and it's like well if if all these portals are like perceived as humans to just be toys but like in the actual like lore like they, they are actually functioning portals that take people to other dimensions. Like, why haven't, like, humans tried to, like, take these portals to other places? Well, because as Glumshank stated, the portal's not meant to be used for a portal master. That's true. Just by the portal master for their Skylanders. But even still, like, uh, maybe we could get another kind of game where, like the Skylanders are sent somewhere else other than Skylands. Uh, that that could be kind of interesting, where, like, they end up in a completely different place. That that could be kind of cool. Like, the, the portal network, like, something happens, like, Chaos, like, manages to scramble the portal network, and so all the portals are going to the wrong places. 
and then the Skylanders end up somewhere completely different. That, that'd be kind of interesting. So, I don't know. Like, they, they could do a lot with it. I could also see Chaos stuffing Glumshanks through a portal. That's true. Maybe then we'll finally get a Glumshanks figure. Right. <laughs> be about time. So, yeah. That whole cutscene, not only is it funny, but now now I'm like, now we're realizing that that just opens up a whole lot of lore questions. So. It really does. It really does. And then as Chaos emerges on the other side of the portal... You know, well being electrocuted and he's crying out in pain. That pain then turns to maniacal laughter as he manages to activate an Archean Conquertron at the same time. Oh yeah. Like I, I love that like <laughs> that is something that Chaos did not intend to happen whatsoever. <laughs> Chaos has the best dumb luck out there. Oh yeah. Yep, I know. It's just really funny. Like, he, he ends up doing this thing that he's not supposed to do, and he gets rewarded for it. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Uh, it's just, it's it's absolutely great. Uh, and that whole scene with, like, Ermit as well, like, <laughs> like being like, what in the heck is going on? And he like, he, like, sees, like, chaos, like, rising up from the dust and, like, electrocuting the robot. It's just, it's absolutely hilarious. It's just, it's so over the top. Now, meanwhile, later on in Giants, there's this other really funny scene when Chaos is trying to get those memories out of Glumshank, so he hooks them up to this Doc Brown-looking memory machine. <laughs> and, like, he, he's trying to, like, rewind back through all of Glumshank's memories, and it's, like, all these times that, like, Chaos has, like, been mean to Glumshanks. But then, like, suddenly, randomly, like, one of the ones is like, Good job, Glumshanks! And Chaos is like, What? <laughs> I didn't say that! <laughs> absolutely really funny stuff uh just that whole sequence is it's just funny that really showcases their dynamic i think oh no it's, it just makes you wonder like is that something that like glumshanks wanted to pretend happened so it like got inserted into his memories or is that like oh no is that like a what like why does glumshanks stay with chaos and we'll probably have to talk about that more in the next episode but it does make it oh yes be like an open question of like is it because Glumshanks occasionally gets moments like that and he realizes that chaos could be good? <laughs> like, it, it, does he stay with him to be able to, like, try to, try to, like, help chaos back into the light? Like, who knows? <laughs> I, I think that's more demonstrated in Skylanders Academy, the TV series, than it is in the games. I, I think so, too. I think this cutscene might hint at it, but I don't think it quite gets to that point of the interaction between Glumshanks and Chaos in Academy. Now, moving into Skylander's swap force, we start to see a little bit more of a relationship dynamic as well when it comes to Chaos and his mother. And that turns out to be quite amusing as well. Right, yeah. He has a lot of passive-aggressive scenes and moments with his mother. But yeah, he's he's always like, what do you want, mother? Like, what, like you again? Like, what, what, what is it? And, and also, like, there's that moment where, like, he is interrupted by his mom when he's, like, watching his, like, plan unfold. And he's, like, sitting in front of the monitor eating popcorn. And she just, like, pops on screen. And, and, and she's like... Oh, I'm sorry, am I interrupting playtime? And Chaos is like, Why, yes, if you mean by playtime, watching my awesomely brilliant plan unfold. Th this really showcases Chaos's ego, and, and I guess his overconfidence. Like, it really showcases that he believes that he is going to do better. And, like, he thinks that he is better than this other Dark Portal Master being his mother. And I think, you know, here, like, he's really trying to prove that to her. And throughout this whole entire game, we see that as well. And... 
you know, he he just has a lot of pretty funny quotes. Like while while Vicarious Visions does do a lot of things I think wrong with the franchise, he does have a decent amount of quotes from Vicarious Visions and Swap Force and the Superchargers as well. Like there's this one time uh, I think before Phantasm Forest when he he gives the trolls the evilized fire and he's like, "Attention, you fire trolls! I chaos have tolerated." the incompetence of my minions for far too long but that ends today and then he equips them all with the evil eyes fire and he has these like interactions with his minions he has these interactions with glumshanks so it just really sells his like overconfidence and his ego and i think that just kind of adds to his personality even more and it parallels flynn in every way exactly right because with chaos we're, we're seeing him like make fun of the trolls make fun of glumshanks you know like be kind of passive aggressive to his mother but then also like with flynn on the flip side of things we see flynn having those same kind of comments with like callie being like well look at look at me i'm the best pilot in skylands same, same thing with tessa and i think you know we we really see that parallel here between flynn and chaos and that they're really not that different of people at all it's just that chaos is going about things in a different way than Flynn is. And I think one of the last, like, kind of just funny quips from Chaos in Swap Force, which kind of sadly never gets, like, addressed again, <laughs> is when Chaos and Glumshanks have swapped and Chaos gets Glumshanks's legs and Chaos is like, look out, Skylands, Chaos is back, and this time he's tall. And we never really get to see him, like do anything with that in the future like that's just kind of like a dropped plot line because even if he didn't like use glumshanks's legs like there, there's any number of things that maybe he could have done in the future like i feel like there's some sort of maniacal plan he could have come up with there but i like that is kind of sad that that's a plot line that got dropped and i think that's pretty much just because they were rotating between studios and that's something that Toys for Bob didn't want to pick up, which is kind of disappointing. But still, it's like a little funny like moment there with Chaos where it's like, oh, look at this. I now have a new power and I'm already planning on conquering Skylands again with it. So it, it's kind of fun in that way. It really is. And it's also noteworthy to point out that during the final boss sequence against Evilized Chaos, we learn that Chaos is capable of speaking with his mouth closed, very clearly, and I guess his brain didn't grow with the rest of him because his skull's actually pretty hollow as well. I don't know, maybe he's, like, telepathically speaking to us. Maybe the Evilized stuff has, like, given him the ability to transmit his thoughts. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Like, they don't, they don't really explain that. But yeah, it's, uh... It that that's definitely an interesting boss fight that's for sure it feels a little all over the place but i guess it's fun unless you're trying to do it on nightmare mode and are trying to three star it <laughs> yeah then <laughs> then it's a nightmare yeah moving on to skylanders trap team trap team also has a lot of pretty good memorable scenes and, and quotes from chaos like we have that one scene where he like challenges the golden queen like he's tired of them like foiling his plans like she just wants the gold but he wants to rule over skylands uh and so they have this like evil off like he challenges her to an evil off and epically loses and so that whole sequence is funny and i especially like the the jump cut kind of humor that they have because it's like he has this whole big build-up of like challenging her to it and it just cuts to him being encased in gold uh they they really set that one up pretty well and it, it's just it's really funny there in that moment 
And then there comes the point where Chaos actually joins your side for a little bit as you attempt to retake the Willikin workshop from Dr. Crankcase. And there he's got quotes like, Hello, fools. I mean, friends. And then there's also one point where he, in typical Chaos fashion, he tends to refer to the Skylanders as Sky Losers. And so he's got that quote where he, he goes to call you Sky Loser and he's he, he quickly corrects himself to say, I mean... Sky friend er I chuckled for a good six or seven minutes after that. Yeah. It was it was amusing. It is really funny. And then we also see him switch from saying Doom Raiders to like Doom Lammers. Yes. In typical sort of reverse Flynn fashion, he tends to need to put down whoever's against him. Whereas Flynn tries to build himself up, Chaos does the same thing by putting everybody else down. And, you know, also like Flynn, Chaos does like to catchphrase. We like to hear him say Doom or a- any variation of, like, Ultimate Evil Doom or whatever. Like, we get to hear him say that all the time. And, of course, like, he likes to say, like, Skylamers or Sky Losers, And, like, like he says, like, all these things that are very catchphrasable. So just as Flynn often likes to talk about enchiladas or, you know, he has his catchphrase of Boom, Chaos pretty much just says, like, doom like even even that is like similar boom and doom and i think even in mirror mystery i think flint's catchphrase changes to doom so it's kind of interesting to see these dualities between the characters here and chaos won't hesitate to put anyone down who opposes him including the portal master or as he likes to call them poser master yes that's very true that's very true towards the end of the game towards the end of trap team we have quotes where he starts like he's absorbed the stinkosity from the cheese what a plot line he's been uh modified by the traptanium and he turns into the like evil traptanium chaos version of himself but there like he gets this almost like transcendence in a way where he's able to like clearly recognize that he's within a video game almost and so he he's able to start directly looking at the camera and starts addressing the portal master which is just such a surprising thing like there's that moment where he's like i simply need to eliminate the one thing that's always stood in my way you portal master on earth i can see right through your ridiculous television device and like that's such an interesting moment because he's he's starting out as talking to glumshanks so you initially think that he's talking to glum shanks in this moment but then like he turns around and starts to face the camera and he starts directing that attitude towards the portal master and it's actually kind of creepy it really pulls you back into the plot and it works so well with trap team as well because you've already been pulling villains from the video game into the real world so i think it's a really great idea of like having chaos become like self-aware and being able to be like look at this like i i recognize that the portal master is doing this this isn't the skylanders i need to deal with the portal master and that's pretty cool. And then back when he was working with the Skylanders, he, he kind of started to open up a little bit more about himself as well, which led to more comedy. And he refers to his mother, who, as we all know from Swap Force, is currently trapped in a mirror prison. But he states, Mother said I'd never be able to make friends, but I proved her wrong. I made hundreds of them. Out of wood! And that was pure comedy, along with his remarks about the Willikin Workshop itself, where he did make these friends. While it's under the control of Dr. Crankcase, I believe his quote goes something to the effect of, that idiot Crankcase has removed all my demotivational plaques. Second, today is supposed to be Evil Donut Day. Do you see any evil donuts around here? 
I don't. Yeah. Like, this also, I think, it really showcases Chaos's personality pretty well. And also a lot of his backstory, too. Like, you know, like, it, it showcases that, like, his mother didn't respect him. It showcases that no one else wanted to be around him. No one else respected him. This level, the uh, Willikin Workshop showcases that a lot of the reasons why he does what he does is pretty much out of loneliness. It really does. Which is actually pretty sad. Like, that's a pretty sad backstory. It also further showcases his making himself feel superior by making others feel lesser with the whole demotivational plex comment exactly so he goes out of his way to make these friends and then like he pretty much treats these friends terribly by having these demotivational plaques pretty much as a way to like get revenge on the people that were making fun of him when he was alone so there's actually a lot of nuances here to chaos where it's like he created these friends because he didn't want to be lonely but also at the same time like once he has these friends like he puts them down as a way of pretty much getting revenge on the people that have put him down and that's kind of a really interesting just way of looking at chaos it's like it really showcases that he's been built up as this villain over the years you know it's it kind of goes with this like evil isn't born it's made kind of mentality of like over time like he just ended up instead of trying to like see you know self-worth in, in himself and to try to see past what others are saying he allowed the comments from others to kind of take advantage of him and send him down this dark path which is actually pretty sad and i find it kind of interesting that he could have done as other portal masters have done and made his skylanders his friends but as we see in the boss fight of Spyro's Adventure, he sees them as nothing but tools and pawns because he's willing to sacrifice his Skylanders to make his next set of Skylanders more powerful. As such, we don't see him summon Skylanders after that point for a very long time. And I find it that very interesting because he could have had potential friends there. Yeah. And he chose not to, which brings me back to the question, was he always a dark portal master or did he start off as just a portal master and he turned? That's something we have no way of knowing. Yeah, like we get a lot of the backstory of him with his mom in Academy, but there their dynamic is very different so it'd be interesting in the game lore if we saw like a backstory or prequel of like chaos when he was younger in the video game franchise and what that would look like was he originally fighting against his mother's wishes like did he originally want to be a good portal master did he want to treat his you know dark version of the skylanders fairly like what what happened like what caused him to be like this or or maybe did he not turn at all like is it that like he he tried to be evil for his mother but then also as like he didn't live up to his mother's expectations and because other people didn't like him either did that like increase his desire for evil like there's a lot of stuff that we don't quite know we can read into it so like we know that it's probably one of those options <laughs> but like it'd be really cool to actually see them go into it a little bit more so what i'm really hearing here is a prequel game focused on the lore of the portal masters when did the numbers of portal masters decline and all culminating in chaos yeah we we need like a chaos game now moving on to superchargers this game actually opens up where chaos is actually won like he's actually managed to defeat the skylanders and he actually pretty much kind of has everything that he's ever wanted or does he so this really kind of 
it explores chaos even more and like we we kind of get this really funny like opening sequence that's making fun of the traditional eon sequences where he's like hello portal master welcome to skylands a magical world of wonder and adventure ruled by the greatest heroic emperor ever known me <laughs> And that's when the portal master first realizes that somehow, after trapping him in Trap Team, somehow between then and now, Chaos won. Chaos conquered Skylands. Yes. And that does get detailed in the comic books. Uh, It'd be great if they had actually, like, animated them. Like, that that would have been cool if they had, like, done some sort of, you know something that wasn't just the comic books because like it, they basically relied on rift into overdrive to explain this which it would have been cool to have a little bit more backstory in the games or through promotional material because i think the comic series generally unless you're like a hardcore fan isn't very well known but you know like like we also have the whole explanation of how bowser and dk get brought to skylands and everything through the comic series so it, it would have been I think better and more suited to the franchise if they had explained this in the game or in, in some sort of fashion that wasn't the comics. But still, like we we do get the feeling, even you know, if you're you know just a more casual fan of the franchise, that sometime between Trap Team and Superchargers, Chaos has managed to take over everything, and yet he's still not happy. Like he still wants more. Like he's still trying to take over and devour more of the sky. Continue to amp up the darkness, and it's really interesting that he pretty much has everything he wants, but he's still like missing something and i think that's honestly like validation like he's still kind of looking for validation from others as opposed to within himself but that's kind of what gets explored here there's there's also another quote within that same intro cutscene that i'm actually not too huge of a fan of like there's actually this quote that he says in case you haven't figured it out yet i'm the bad guy and that's when he's addressing the portal master yet again talking about how he's basically shutting down the portal network and now we're having to use rifts which are basically like punching holes through to skylands as opposed to using the natural portal network so we have this whole quote where he's like in case you haven't figured it out yet i'm the bad guy i i, I kind of really don't like that quote because it almost makes chaos seem one-dimensional which is funny because this plot doesn't make him one-dimensional it makes chaos seem like he sees himself as the bad guy which i don't think that chaos ever really sees himself as the bad guy i think he sees himself as doing the right thing like and that's usually more interesting for villains anyway to like feel like they're justified in their actions like they're doing the wrong things but for the right reasons i guess in a way (laughs) like i feel like that should be the direction that chaos has because i think chaos genuinely believes that skylands would be better with him as the ruler but him saying like well in case you haven't figured it out yet i'm the bad guy i'm not really sure if i like that quote that's actually a really really fair assessment now that you've put it that way that's a really strange thing for him to go and say despite the fact that he's constantly like you know i'm the biggest i'm the baddest that's a really weird thing for him to say within his character yeah especially within the context of superchargers as well i can 100 percent agree with you on that like i think that's actually a misstep that uh david rodriguez has in in the scripting of the plot i think obviously i i really don't think there's anyone that would disagree that skylanders superchargers is the best plot <laughs> like i it, it pretty much is but i do think that that particular moment's probably like 
the plots like only at least that i can remember like the plots only messed up it's just like making chaos seem one note when the rest of the plot very clearly makes them not and then there comes a point where glumshanks is advising chaos as glumshanks does and he's telling him that hey the the trolls have some concerns about the darkness and chaos responds with that's it i've had it prepare to eject barracks b and c <laughs> and it's that moment of realizing that he's ready to eject two whole barracks full of minions and just let them die that it's actually kind of amusing yeah yeah i really like this moment because like like glumshanks is like really struggling to like tell chaos that he thinks there's a problem and i think that really showcases that he really like you know yet again likes to be over dramatic he likes to you know control others and like try to put the fear in others because you know he has this idea of like all right Right, well if i kill off all these trolls the other trolls aren't gonna have any complaints and glumshanks has to like go in there and stop them and be like no 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 like they're, they're just concerned that the darkness looks bigger like they're just they're just concerned and chaos of course like brushes it off and he's like no it's completely fine i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but it, it, it really does showcase that he is very uh trigger happy not not the Skylander, but you know, just he is trigger happy when it comes to making sure that he is completely unchecked by others. Yes, he wants that absolute power, that absolute obedience at all times from his subordinates. And then there's Glumshanks, who's you know trying to steer him along the right path. Exactly. Yeah, and we we have a lot of good Glumshanks moments in this game too. Like you know, we we have that initial interaction that Chaos has with Moneybone, and Chaos is like, "You see that Glumshanks? That's how you handle your minions." And that quote comes back at the end because then we have the Darkness also say to Glumshanks about Chaos. You see, Glumshanks, that's how you handle your minions. And I really like that quote, and I think that really kind of emphasizes Chaos's background, because what that means is, like, of course, at the end, we get that great quote from Chaos, where he is like, nobody tells Chaos what to do except Chaos, and that's me, and I'm him, and you're history, when he activates that rift engine. And so here, like, we see that Chaos isn't one note. Chaos wants to be the one to rule and destroy Skylands. He doesn't want someone else to do it for him. He doesn't want to be the wacky of the person that does it. He wants to do it. And so we actually really get to see that in that shift with that line, because Chaos originally says it, but then the darkness says it, and once Chaos hears that and he processes that quote and he's like oh wait that used to be me chaos reacts and like you know he's like you can't destroy skylands i'm doing it and so that's actually a really cool kind of moment where it really enforces chaos's depth as a villain because he he wants to be the one that rules skylands like he thinks that that is his place and not anyone else's and on that same note, there comes the point where he fires Glumshanks because he feels like Glumshanks is not falling in line as he feels Glumshanks should. Yes. And then he starts to realize, of course, that he needs Glumshanks. <laughs> but then he, there's the point also where he realizes how utterly powerless he is against this darkness that he released when the darkness takes his power away and chaos goes my thing what did you do to my powers because his chaos mark vanishes and it's 
it's quite comical to hear him refer to it as his his thing. He doesn't even know what it is. It's <laughs> my thing. Yeah, I know. It's really funny. And I, it's interesting because that's also the symbol for the chaos element too. And it's like interesting. So that, that technically means, would that mean that the chaos trap element and the chaos element is actually the darkness element? It might. Then in that case, that means we have the dark element and the darkness element. Explain that, Toys for Bob. <laughs> But I particularly love that quote, the whole, my thing, because it takes what is truly a very serious and very intense moment in this already serious and intense story. Like, this is the moment where the guy we've known as the big bad, he's the current ruling emperor, and all of a sudden he is utterly powerless against this thing that he released. And he, he finds a way to just sprinkle in that little bit of comedy to ease the tension. Yeah. And it's like the chef's kiss of script writing there. Like like this this whole sequence was really well done and it showcases the the plot that Chaos has to go through. Like this is him like having to question and ponder like am I the best and we we will talk about this more in the next episode. But like this is him trying to have to struggle like is he willing to settle here? And of course, his ultimate answer is no, he's not. Like, he wants it all. He is Sharpay from High School Musical. Absolutely. That's that's actually a really, a really fitting reference. He realizes that he's not willing to settle for anything less than him being the ultimate ruler of Skylands. And it's really great. And as you mentioned earlier about him realizing he can't live without Glumshanks, we have that scene that we referenced back in the NPC episode with imaginary Glumshanks, which is like one of the best scenes, I think, <laughs> out of Superchargers, where like there's this whole like conversation that he's having in his head with Glumshanks. And also in the story scrolls, which is the Chaos Diary, in this game we get a little bit more background with his <laughs> interaction with Glumshanks as well we actually really do in most of these story scrolls before the point where he fires Glumshanks there are points where he says but I'm sure it's Glumshanks's fault somehow in the majority of them so he's constantly blaming Glumshanks for literally everything going back to the quote from Skylanders Giants kind of emphasizes his shock and surprise and his whole, I didn't say that, in regards to the good job, Glumshanks, because this really highlights the fact that he sees Glumshanks as being at fault for literally anything and everything that's ever gone wrong. Yes, he is the ultimate scapegoat. And yet, after he's fired Glumshanks, it seems he's been trying to hire replacements for Glumshanks, because entry number nine... In the Chaos Diaries, titled The Butler Did It Badly, it opens with, Okay, new Glumshanks number 63, hold up the cue cards and do it right this time. Which kind of goes to show he's gone through already 62 other trolls just trying to replace Glumshanks. Entry number 10, Trimming the Fat, reads, Okay, it's been 7 hours and 15 days since I fired Glumshanks and I still regret nothing. In fact, things have never been better. Why, workplace dissatisfaction ratings on the Sky Eater are at an all-time high, no ridiculous butler trying to second-guess my incomprehensible genius, and best of all, there's no more stupid troll sleeping in my sock drawer. Yes, indeed, things have never, ever been better. Isn't that right, New Glumshanks number 412? Wait, where'd you go? Hello? Hello? Fine, we'll just see what New Glumshanks number 413 thinks about this. 413... Attempted replacements for Glumshanks. 413. I'll give you a moment to process that. So these chaos diaries, they really go to emphasize 
how much Chaos blames Glumshanks for everything. It's never Chaos's fault. It's always Glumshanks's fault. And at the same time, goes to point out how much Chaos actually relies on Glumshanks for everything. So much so that he has hired numerous, hundreds of other trolls to try and take Glumshanks's place and has been unsuccessful because there is a dynamic and a relationship there, which we will probably go into a lot more detail on next episode. And then there's the point where Chaos has lost his powers. The Darkness has taken his thing and his powers, and he decides, all right, I've got no other choice. I've got to join up with my enemy to defeat our new mutual enemy, the Darkness, because I will stand for no less than being the one who rules. And then Flynn calls him Chaos Buddy, and he turns to Flynn and goes, I am not your buddy. Which really goes to show, this is one of those rare moments where you know there's a history there. You know these two have been face-to-face and toe-to-toe before. Oh, yeah. And Flynn being Flynn, he's willing to be like, all right, we're working together. Let's do this. Boom, buddy. And Chaos isn't having any of that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because we do get a hint of that in the Trap Team story scrolls where, like, Flynn does say that he kind of used to be the protector of Skylands before the Skylanders really came, came about as needing to be fighting chaos in Spyro's adventure. This is also very plainly stated in the intro to Swap Force on the 3DS. Basically, this is showcasing that Flynn does have a history of being a, like, hero, and that's also something that is in relation to that unreliable narrator thing that we talked about in the previous episode, where, you know, we talk about how, like, well, how much of what Flynn says is actually true and how much of it is just exaggeration, how much of it's, like, him lying about things or stretching the truth. But here, like, when whenever we have a scene between Flynn and Chaos, which happens occasionally, it's usually towards the end of the game, once, like, Chaos has been kidnapped or whatever, uh, it really does emphasize that, at least to some extent, they do have some sort of history, they do have some sort of background, and that they are kind of interlinked in this way as protagonist and antagonist. It does give a little bit of credibility to pretty much everything Flynn says. We can't always assume that his stories are false. Right. And then in the same beat, because Chaos is powerless and he's still wanting to be the ultimate ruler, we get the quote, if anyone is going to conquer Skylands, it's going to be me which he had already done at this point, but he's kind of lost his grip on everything. The quote continues, So until I find a way to get my powers back, I'll be helping you fools as the new evil consultant of ultimate evil. And that's kind of his way of saying, you know what, I'm going to help you guys out, but I want the throne. Yes. And that's why I'm going to help you out, is because I want the throne and I won't tolerate anybody else sitting on it. Exactly right. You know, look out, Cersei, here comes chaos. His whole backstory, his whole everything, is just he wants to be loved. And honestly, we as fans, we adore Chaos for being the villain that he is. But that's not exactly the kind of love that he needs. I know. Yeah, poor Chaos. (laughs) He he just needs some actual genuine friends. (laughs) He really does. But will he ever get that? Who knows? But... We still have one other game to talk about, and that happens to be Skylanders Imaginators. And there's not really too many memorable moments here, uh, mostly because the Skylanders do kind of take the center stage. Flynn only gets like three lines, and Chaos does kind of take a back seat. In many ways, similarly to Spyro's Adventure, like it's just kind of him in that one room in his castle. Although we do learn that even in just his floating head form, as he's projecting this floating head, he can affect the world around him. 
as we see when his floating head just kind of zaps up the Helm of Ultimate Wisdom. Where are you, Helm of Ultimate Wisdom? And then he finds it and he's able to just snap it right up, even though he's not corporeal. And then the, if I don't find this helm soon, I'm going to scream. And his next voice line is, ah! Yeah, it's like a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> it's quite great. And, you know, look, he typically has the general, like, chaos lines whenever he summons a Doom Raider, but none of those are, like, particularly overly memorable. Uh, I think the only, the only one that maybe is kind of funny that I can think of off the top of my head is the Golden Arcade one, where he's like, now you're gonna have to fight one of my Doomlanders inside a video game. <laughs> Which was an amazing line for where it was placed. Yes, because it's, of course, you know, that Doomlander sequence that takes place in that, like, side-scrolling minigame, and yet... They've all been in a video game. <laughs> yeah, we they've all been inside the video game, so it's it's such a great, like, Inception kind of moment. There's also a moment during the first Doomlander fight that I found to be cut into comical because it's Chaos traditionally sabotaging himself when he says... Oh no, not an Imaginator. Imaginators are so good against my Doomlanders. And he's like giving away his weaknesses. And that's a typical chaos self-sabotage. Yeah. And so I enjoyed that one too. And then we also have that one kind of quote at the end that yet again also references his mother. That is when we get the Trojan birthday cake. Both Glumshanks and the Brain are trying to like warn him against it. And he's he's just like, no, whatever. Like, this is my cake. Like, I'm going to eat this cake. And you all don't have to have any if you don't want to, if you want to have that kind of attitude. He's just like, is that a birthday cake? An evil birthday cake? Did you hear that, Glumshanks? An evil birthday cake. Even my own mother, and he gets cut off. But, like, you know, he's, he's about to say something along the lines of, like, even my own mother never made me a birthday cake. Which is <laughs> just so sad. It really is. Yeah, so it's, it's also yet again still instilling that uh personality of chaos and giving us just a little bit of that background that i do think we need a lot more of like we can speculate and we can understand that he definitely had a pretty troubled and pretty sad past but it would actually be kind of interesting to see like chaos's fall from grace i guess in depicted in a game that actually be kind of interesting to see and then to showcase that for somebody who is so self-proclaimed brilliant Chaos is actually rather not brilliant when he first meets the brain and he frees the brain from the jar and brain goes, okay, okay, you freed me. So I'll tell you what, I will answer any one question you have. And Chaos asks, wait, you're really an ancient? <laughs> and Brain responds, is that really your question? I know. Yeah, that, that interaction's kind of funny. Brain Brain can be kind of comical, and we'll talk about him more in the next episode. But yeah, that whole, like, I can say a really big word to prove that I am, like, the, the most smartest, most powerful brain in the world. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> right. And then in the final boss fight with Chaos in regards to the brain as well, because he's been relying on the brain for his Doomlanders since the Golden Arcade. And he says, I don't even know what I was thinking listening to a talking brain. I mean, he doesn't even have any thumbs. And that's like kind of the tipping point for the brain where he decides, whoa, no, I'm done with you. I'm switching sides. But Chaos really decided to judge the intelligence of a brain based on the lack of thumbs? Apparently. How how, how how do these two things even correlate? 
Um, but it was rather comical a line. I, I chuckled heartily at that one. Yeah, you know, cats are smart and they don't have opposable thumbs. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Pretty sure cat could outsmart chaos. Probably. And since we've been talking about chaos, it's time for some chaos to ensue as we scramble to find some deals for the legendary treasure hunt. And that brings us to this week's Legendary Treasure Hunt, the segment where we try to find the best deals possible for Skylanders. In this week's challenge, we were to find the lot with the most Chaos items, with a maximum price limit of $45. And as usual, our scoring method will be one point for every Chaos item, one half point for every $5 under the limit we are, Minus one half point for every shroom boom that appears in the lot. And as this week's host, I have one super special bonus point that I can award for pretty much whatever I see fit. Be it a lot that stands out as above and beyond, or for being new in box, or for just being something unique that I really enjoyed. Right. So Inklander, what lot have you found for us this week? Okay, so the lot that I found comes from eBay, and it is priced at $14.55. And it is a lot of just three Chaos Trophies from Skylander Superchargers. That is it. That's redundant. It, isn't it? If you had the opportunity to have like a Chaos Trophy new in box, and then like have another Chaos Trophy just out and about, like, okay, sure. But why just have three opened chaos trophies i mean i guess you could give them all to your friends but also at the same time you could just you know put the chaos trophy like you, you could just share it between yourself so i don't know why you'd need three chaos trophies i mean i guess if you wanted to use them as like decoration maybe, maybe you could like you know put put like a really tiny flower inside it <laughs> put some dirt in there <laughs> of like a flower growing inside your chaos trophy it'd probably die very quickly but like i don't know i don't know why you'd ever need three chaos trophies but that's the slot i use a chaos trophy as part of my display fits the challenge very well but it's a little bit overkill normally we have nothing but great things to say about the lots that we find and in this case, I mean, if you really like the look of the Chaos Trophy and you want to use it as decor, then by all means, this is the lot for you. Yes, but otherwise, there's there's no reason to have three Chaos Trophies. So, hey, it fits the challenge, but it's absolutely useless. So, <laughs> there you go. So your lot this week, Inklander, is going to score out at three points for the Chaos Trophies themselves. You are $30 under the price limit, so that is an additional three points, bringing your total to six points. Okay, not too bad. The lot's terrible, but, you know... <laughs> Not too bad. But for a lot that's kind of redundant and ultimately overall pointless, that's a really good score. Yeah, it definitely is. But what about you, Ditto? What did you find this week? I also found my lot on eBay this week. It is a lot of two new inbox chaos trophies at a total of $9.45. Now, two new inbox trophies, I could totally see that because you use one for display, you open up the other one, and you use it. 
Exactly. So my lot's a little less redundant, but it also only has two pieces to it. So at the same time, challenge-wise, not quite as good. So my lot scores out at two points for the two trophies. I am $35 under the price limit, so that gives me an additional three and a half points, bringing my total up to five and a half points. But because these are new in box and less than 10 bucks for the both of them, I'm going to go ahead and give myself the extra special bonus point this week because new in box, that's typically what Inklander does. Yeah. So it's only fair. Well, I mean, I don't know. There was that one time where you had that lot of like basically all the vehicles in new in box for like 20 bucks. <laughs> There was, and then there was the time we were doing Series 3s, and I found, uh, like, three of them new in box. Yeah, so, you know, you, you do seem to find a decent amount of new in box stuff, so that is cool. So, you know, and hey, there you go. By half a point, you end up winning here. Yep. With a total of six and a half points, I take it by a half point. Yeah, uh, I mean, good game. Good game indeed. That is a pretty good deal, and I think it's definitely... At the end of the day, like, better than mine, too. Because, like, you do have yours new in box, and while you're getting three trophies with mine, there's not a point to really have three out-of-box chaos trophies. But with you, being able to have that explanation of, like, well, you open up one, and then you keep the other one on the shelf, like, that totally makes sense. And it's $5 cheaper. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I do think that it is pretty much a better deal. So on that note, with our racing trophies in hand, let's head over to the Dreadyard and see if maybe Flynn won't let us display some of these there, because where else are we going to put five Chaos trophies? just finished situating the chaos trophies on board the dread yacht but we just got a call in from master eon telling us that it seems that chaos is running amok he has yet another scheme that we need to foil and it looks like he has taken over the ultimate weapon that the golden queen has created so it's time for us to head on over and deal with chaos at the ultimate weapon a level from skylanders trap team so Ditto, what are your overall thoughts and impressions of this final Chaos level from Trap Team? This is actually the first time we've talked about one of the Chaos levels from Skylanders. I find this level to actually be a whole lot of fun. From the battle with Smokescream all the way to the battle with Chaos itself, you've got laser light puzzles, you've got all kinds of stuff going on here, and it's actually just a really fun ride. This level is very well themed. You can clearly tell it was built to be a weapon of mass destruction. And your goal is to get to the core of it, where Chaos is waiting for you, trying, preparing to destroy everything. And Chaos has concocted a plan, in fact, to apparently draw the Portal Master in and deal with you personally. Which, honestly, I thought was a really, really nice touch. Yeah, like I really like the theming of this level. It fits with the idea of being able to trap villains and how we've been pulling villains into our world. So Chaos is like, well, you know what? Let's reverse that. I'm going to pull you into Skylands. 
and it's a great idea it's a great concept and we have all these like little asides from chaos throughout it that we talked a little bit about during the main segment but it's great like you know he causes the controller to vibrate you know he's speaking through the portal through different parts of this it's kind of taking that mechanic from the chaos mom boss fight where you have to like pick up your skylander to reveal her within the portal network but to a whole new level where chaos is actually really interacting with the controller and with the portal and actually breaking the fourth wall in such a really fun and interesting way that really drives home the fact that the portal master is actually an integral part of skylands and of the franchise and it's really cool and as you say the theming is pretty well done it really brings the traptanium kind of plot line to a head here and we have all these light beam puzzles that also further make it seem like we're in this like machine kind of death star like kind of configuration very very similar to of course the sky eater later on but you know it really does emphasize this evil metallic kind of monstrosity that's been created and the the fights are fun the puzzles are fun the final chaos fight is tons of fun and it's just really cool and i also really like how in the chaos fight periodically he even like tries to reach through the tv and pull stuff in and we see him pulling in like flamingos and bicycles and things like that the chaos boss fight itself is actually a little reminiscent of the like magic fights that we see him do in spire's adventure where he will send out like magic bullets or dark bullets or whatever skylander you're fighting with uh he'll even send out chaos bullets if you're actually fighting him with chaos as well uh it, it's really cool to see that and we have to dodge doom sharks so it's kind of hearkening back to those magic spells that we have to dodge in spyro's adventure and i just think it's kind of fun you know you think that you've just about got him but then he regenerates health and he has some pretty fun attacks with swords and he has some fun attacks with being able to charge up his kind of darkness ability uh i guess you know by fueling off of the traptanium and all the stuff that the weapon is giving him it's actually really cool and really kind of fun and it does showcase that he is like this really awesome villain because the golden queen just wanted the gold and she used the ultimate weapon to just shrink you know places like time town but chaos takes it to this whole other level and he's like no i'm going to use this to fuel myself to be able to take control of skylands and defeat that evil poser master once and for all and from a speedrunning standpoint this level is really straightforward as long as you've memorized your puzzles it's actually a really really quick level except for the boss fight against chaos itself where it's actually kind of infuriating that he heals himself fully four times that is true like that is a little bit of a detriment um granted i mean they could have just always depicted it as like one full health bar and not had him regenerate that would make it definitely easier to see exactly how far into the boss fight you are but overall it's actually pretty fun it's pretty crazy uh he has a lot of good moves I don't know if it's necessarily the best chaos fight, but it's definitely not awful. Like, it's definitely a lot of fun. So, you know, it's actually pretty cool. Yes, and I feel like this is probably the best of the chaos fight levels throughout the series. Okay, so this is your favorite chaos fight. I would say probably, with a close following by both superchargers and imaginators because i really enjoyed the chaos fights themselves there but the theming of the levels weren't quite as on point 
Okay, gotcha. So I, I would say it's the rest of the overall level that kind of pushes this one to the forefront. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think it's definitely pretty fun. I, I think that maybe the Trap Team and the Matchmakers ones are a little too samey for me, and that's what I think maybe causes this fight to lose a little bit of its individuality. But, uh, you know, I, I do still really appreciate it. And with that, we've defeated Chaos, and we have trapped him in the Chaos Trap, and we have foiled his plans once again until of course he's able to figure out a way out of the trap in the meantime before he's able to enact his next evil plan i think it's time for us to have a little bit of a healthy competition by heading over to the archean arena <laughs> now touch down surprisingly cleanly in the Archean Arena, where we pit Skylander against Skylander in a bout of theoretical combat. In today's battle, we're going to unwind a little bit from our intense battle with Chaos and just have a friendly match. So Inklander, who have you brought the champion for you today? So the Skylander I've decided to bring this week is the Skylander that I tried to use all the way back in episode 2. But I was not able to summon that Skylander because my portal malfunctioned. So I'm going to be bringing that Skylander back, and that Skylander is candy-coated Chopscotch. Alright, she finally makes her appearance. Yes, she does. And she is such a fun character, so really excited about this. <laughs> Candy-coated Chopscotch is of the undead element, and she is a melee battle class. She has a health of 930, a critical hit of a whopping 107, armor of 28, speed of 65, and luck of 29. Her attack 1 is Chop Chop Chop, which deals 83 damage. Her attack 2 is Spin to Win, which is something that I say a lot when, <laughs> whenever I'm playing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but Spin to Win is basically her uh, spinning that axe around that she uses on attack 1 to chop. And Spin to Win deals 48 damage. And then her tertiary attack is Lose Your Head. Which is, of course, referencing the musical six. Not actually, but Lose Your Head is where she's able to toss her head forward for some damage, which deals 71 damage, but when charged, can deal 41 residual damage which is actually pretty impressive. Her top path is Heavy Hitter, which draws in enemies, allows for attack 1 to be charged, and charging attack 1 will cause attack 3 to explode. Her bottom path, Crazy Cutter, has charging attack 1 create a trail of pain that does damage to enemies. Hitting a trail of pain while jumping and using attack 1 will cause it to explode. So Chopscotch is actually really fun, and honestly, I have to uh, highlight her Soul Gem ability just because it's so fun and deals a massive amount of damage, which is Hopscotch, where she will attack by doing a game of Hopscotch, which will also grant a temporary speed increase as well for all of her moves. So it's it's just a really fun, silly little uh, Soul Gem ability, but honestly, it's fun, it looks cool, and it does help uh, boost your stats and also uh, deal damage as well. So it's actually a really cool ability. 
Well, I stand about as much chance as Shroom Boom in a Pizza Kitchen. All right, so the Skylander I have chosen to champion for me against candy-coated chopscotch is none other than the mechanic, Sprocket. Ooh, okay. So Sprocket is definitely fun, but we'll, we'll see. Sprocket is a mixed combat-style tech element Skylander with a maximum health at level 20 of 720, critical hit 56, armor 37, speed 38, and luck 32. Her attack one is called Wrench Whack, and it does exactly what it sounds like. She swings her giant wrench, hitting for 30 points of damage. So her attack two is Turret Gunomatic, which builds a turret that automatically shoots enemies. She can also climb inside and operate it as a tank, dealing 12 points of damage per shot. Her attack three is Bouncing Betty Mines, which... Tosses a mine that will explode when enemies get near it, dealing 51 points of damage. Her soul gem also needs to be pointed out because it allows her to use her attack 1 to, to send those mines flying towards enemies. So she can toss down a mine and then play golf and hit it at her opponent for that 51 points of damage. In the way of upgrade paths, her top path is known as Operator, which adds combos to her attack 1, her wrench whack, and increases the damage of her wrench and allows for attack 3 to deploy 3 mines at once. And her bottom path is known as Gearhead, which allows for the turrets and tanks and the shells that they fire to explode, dealing more damage. And while riding in the tank, allows for attack 3 to drop mines behind her. So from the get-go here, Sprocket's already looking kind of underwhelming because her stats are way o overshadowed by candy-coated chopscotch other than her armor and her luck, which are only slightly higher. And her attack damages don't do nearly as much either. Her advantage in this case would be that she can build the turret and run the other way and then kind of golf mines at her opponents while they're getting shot from behind. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's only as good as the execution of the strategy. Yeah. And whether or not Chopscotch is going to give her the room to do that, essentially. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I do think that that's probably going to be the strategy that Sprocket would have to use, because Sprocket, I think her advantage is that her, while she is pretty much a melee character, her like ability to be able to basically play golf with her minds and her ability to, you know, try to have a little bit more ranged attacks might be able to help her somewhat. But then again, like, you know, her attack damage, especially by placing down those turrets, isn't going to be dealing that much damage to Chopscotch. And while I can have two turrets activated at a time, that's still only 24 points of damage per hit, which, while the turrets fire rather quickly, it's not going to add up nearly as much as is desirable in this situation. Exactly. And I do think that Brockett's major, I guess, advantage here would be the tertiary attack being able to deal uh, over 50 points of damage, whereas Chopscotch's tertiary attack's really only dealing like 17. So there, that could definitely be good. And depending on how well Sprocket's aim is, and considering that you are a seasoned portal master, I do think he'd probably be able to get in quite a few hits there. Uh, that does like 
take a little bit of time to be able to set up. And like it, during that time, I'd probably be able to do my hopscotch ability and then get a little bit more of a speed increase and just keep dealing that damage with my primary attack that's 83 because that attack actually does hit rather quickly. So I'd be able to deal 83 damage rather successively. And even if I'm not doing that, I'd be able to have spin to win happen, which is just going to be able to constantly hit you with... 48 damage now granted that does mean that i do have to get kind of close to you but again i don't think you'd be able to hit those mines at me fast enough to be able to keep me at bay and get my health down to the point that once i do come at you and i'm right up next to you i don't think that you're going to be able to use that primary attack or the mines really to your advantage anymore not really i i do feel like the low damage of the wrench whack is really detrimental to me in this case yeah i can probably even if i go top path so i do have wrench combos and i'm dropping three mines at once so i can golf them a little quicker i could probably deal a significant chunk of damage but i don't think sprocket can do enough quickly enough yeah i think that's the main thing is that sprocket has a great move set it's a really good varied move set but the thing is, is that she doesn't have the attack damage from that moveset that's going to be able to defend her in this situation. Sprocket takes this zero times out of ten. This, hands down, our champion today is Candy-Coated Chopscotch. That brings us to the end of today's episode. You'll find our website and our individual channels listed in the description. Follow our Twitter at SLPortalcasters for regular updates about the podcast, and join our Discord server for Skylanders discussions. Thank you for listening, and in the next episode, we'll be discussing the foils for chaos. See you then. Bye. Bye.